Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. This week, I'm excited to share my guest, Jessica Walrack, and she is a writer and content strategist. So thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Like we were talking about uh, before we hit record that we worked together like five or six years ago. um, And it's just so funny that we've stayed in touch and crossed paths on LinkedIn. And yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, same, same. Awesome. Uh, And you got your champagne in time. I did. I have it right here. (laughs) Yay. Which one are you drinking today? Sometimes I can't pronounce them. So if you can't pronounce it, that's fine too. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the sparkling rosé. Ooh, awesome. Yeah, I've been sending a lot of rosés a lot lately just because I feel like it's starting to feel like summer a little bit. And so I'm like, "Mm, rosé sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, it's refreshing. Awesome. Is it still cold over near like in Boise or are you guys getting a lot of like warmth and sunshine? Um, it's been kind of hot, cold, hot, cold. So yeah. kind of easing our way into the spring, but um, definitely able to take off a few layers after the snow. It was my first season in the snow. So, oh, yeah. oh that's right. Cause you said uh, California came from California, right? Right. Right. Oh yeah. That's kind of a difference. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a shock, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. When we went over in February, um, man, the mornings are cold, like really cold. <laughs> really cold. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. And I'm only like five hours from you, five and a half hours. So maybe one day we'll have to meet in real life too. (laughs) Yeah. Where is Fort Hood? Is that? Yes. So if you were to head like to Portland from Boise, we're on the way. Like we are like an hour east of Portland, Oregon. Um, Like, yeah, right on the Washington, Oregon border. Oh yeah. That's not far at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's a really cool little town too. So yeah, if you ever come, there's tons of hikes and fun wineries and kiteboarding people kiteboard on the river. Like we just watch them because we're not really water people, <laughs> but I'm like, it's really cool. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. We're always making the trek back to California to see family. So yeah. that could be a little bit stop. Totally. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So tell us about you and your business. Like, how did you get into it? Um, All of that fun stuff. Okay, sure. Um, So it all started about eight years ago. Um, My husband and I decided that we were tired of kind of the rat race of our corporate jobs. And um, we wanted to, we had done a bit of traveling, but we really wanted to do more. Um, And we had a four-year-old son at the time and we didn't really get to spend that much time as a family. And so we just kind of reached this point where we were like, okay, we need to change and do something different. (laughs) Um, And so we looked into different types of online work. And um, for me, I tried a lot of different things, Um, transcriptions, um, writing, 
design. Um, <laughs> I was just exploring all the different options and writing is something that I've always enjoyed. Um, and my background is in sales. And so all the pieces just kind of fit together. Um, and I, I took the path with writing. Um, so once I kind of decided that that's what I wanted to do, um, I focused on it and just worked really hard to try to get jobs and get established. Um, and so it took a little bit of time, but it ended up working out. And my husband um, took to web development. And so he was kind of doing his own thing and building his clients. And so, yeah, within about a year, we were able to take off and move to Costa Rica. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And so we've been, you know, both building our businesses over the past eight years. And um, about two years ago, we started kind of teaming up and doing projects together. So we've been working on building a, a marketing agency with us and um, some people that we're finding to help with different things. Um, but that's still in process. We both still do kind of our work on the side, but we're working on this goal to kind of come together. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah keep, keep us posted so I can share that. Definitely. Yeah. It's been a, a work in process. It's a definite shift kind of yeah. taking the, um, going from point A with strategy and branding all the way through the website and the social media and everything. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's such a, it's so needed too, you know, cause I feel like a lot of times when I talk to business owners, they're not like, they'll just like concentrate, say on like their social media, but then they won't create content or their website, you know, needs a lot of help. And just that whole kind of holistic approach to getting all of those working together is, you know, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it kind of came because I would have a lot of clients be like, um, yeah, we need web copy. And then they're like, can you kind of tell us how the design of the website should be? (laughs) You know, and so after seven years of writing websites, it's like, yeah, I have a pretty good idea of like what's what works and what can fit together and, you know, different suggestions, but then I couldn't make it, you know, and so then they yeah. have to go find a, a developer to come in and partner with me and make it. And so I'm like, it just makes sense for us to kind of come together with, since we share the same house, right. <laughs> you know, we can collaborate, we can talk about the ideas and then put it all together. So that's been pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Um, and do you get a lot of people, you know, I, you know, you hear people say like, oh, blogging's dead. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, how do you like kind of come answer that question? You know what I mean? Like when people are yeah. like, oh, I don't need a blog. Cause I hear that all the time. I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. a lot of people, it seems have this idea of blogs that they're something that like only, stay-at-home moms do or travelers do to like act as a personal diary right public you know it's and it's just so way off because um I don't know I think they've kind of just transformed over the years into more of they're more kind of articles than what Mm -hmm. the original idea of a blog was it's kind of like a hybrid between the two Um, and they're just so powerful for driving traffic to websites. It's like, if you want to establish a web presence that does more than just sit there, (laughs) if you want people coming to you who are searching for the things that you do and, you know, learning about your expertise, blogs are just the way to do it. 
I mean, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think that there is still strangely a large misconception about, you know, what a blogging strategy really is and what it can do for, for businesses. So, um, I, I try to take the approach of kind of starting from square one and explaining, okay, blogs are, (laughs) you know, an opportunity for you to, um, not just stuff it with keywords that are going to get people to you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but talking about the things that are most important to the people who end up buying your service, um, you know, getting to them early in the buying cycle before maybe they even know that they need your service, you know, but you know what problems you solve. So you can kind of get in there and start educating ahead of time. Um, And so just being able to kind of explain that and then show what we've been able to do for, you know, other companies and just the chart of traffic that comes, Mm -hmm. you know, once you start getting into the strategy, um, then people start to understand, okay, wow, this is, you know, really an important part of the online strategy. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that you explain it because yeah, I think there's, like you said, a big misconception and just, I don't know, like a serious, like, I want to say love, hate, but I feel like it's more of a hate relationship with like blogs, you know? Yeah. So your clients also, you're getting that same kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, I think I saw a stat recently. It was like, you know, 80% of people prefer to learn about a brand or business like via blogs and content and video, as opposed to like ads, you know, so there's definitely value. People want to learn about your business and brand from you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And even when I'm deciding to buy something, you know, I catch myself like, going through the buying cycle. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm in the awareness phase, I'm right. phase, you know, but it's just, it's so true. Like with the internet, we're empowered to go and to learn about, mm-hmm. you know, all of the products and services, the options we have, um, how they work, what we need. Um, and so, yeah, as a provider, it just makes sense to be the one giving, putting that information out there. Yes, totally. Is there like a certain number you recommend per month? Somebody actually asked this in um, a meeting right before I jumped on this podcast, actually. So I'd love to hear like your insight on like a, you know, minimum or like what's the optimal of like blogs and content, you know, creation each month? Yeah, um, really, it depends on your budget and how fast you want to grow. Um, There's, you know, I work for some really large industry leading companies that are putting out anywhere from 25 to 45 blogs a month, you know? Wow. Yeah. So they're just cranking it out, but that's all that they do. Like that Mm -hmm. is how they generate traffic to their website and then they sell different, you know, products. And so that's their whole investment. Um, But, you know, smaller companies, at least one or two a month minimum, you know, just to keep that consistency so that people know um, that you create content and they keep coming back to see it. Um, if you do, you know, one, one month and then you drop off and then you come back, you're not going to build that momentum. Right. Of, um, people who are looking for your content. So, yeah, I would say, you know, at least one or two as a bare minimum for a very, you know, small company, because it can be content is expensive. Mm-hmm. To, to get really high quality, 
you know, SEO optimized strategic content, it's, it's not cheap. Right. So um, I understand that, but um, yeah, I would say, you know, one or two, and then on average, it would be good to have one a week. Um, But overall, you know, as long as you're continuously building content to answer the questions that people are looking for, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to help you over time. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's not like it happens immediately. It does take time for the search engines to realize you're making content and to, um, you know, trust you as Mm -hmm. somebody who provides that value um, to climb the ranks. But usually it's like three to six months if you're being consistent. But obviously the more content you create, that's quality that people are clicking on and then staying on, you know, the faster your results are going to be. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And yeah, that's the thing too. I think there's like the misconception of like, oh, if I start, then I'll automatically get leads tomorrow. And I'm like, no, no, right. <laughs> it takes a little while. Yeah. And I like to, I was actually just talking to somebody about that. Um, basically their whole strategy was paid ads. Mm. So on social and on Google and Um, they're like, I feel like I should be doing some organic. And it's like, my explanation is like, yeah, when you do both of them provide value, obviously, you know, ads bringing people right away and they get you that visibility as soon as you pay for it. But on the downside of that, as soon as you stop, your visibility is completely gone. Mm -hmm. So with the organic, it takes a little bit longer, but it's not going to disappear overnight when you stop. Like that's going to keep on building equity for you over time. So it's kind of like buying a house versus renting a house. You know, with your paid ads, you're kind of renting. (laughs) You're organic, you're buying, you're building equity. That's, that's your presence that you, you own. Yes. Oh, I love that. That makes total sense. Yeah. I, and I work with a lot of business owners and they come to me and they're like, I've been spending $4,000 on ads and I haven't got any quality leads. And I'm like, oh my God, well, let's pause that. Like, yeah, like you said, it has its own. I mean, if it's done correctly, of like any marketing strategy, then yeah, you can quickly get leads. But more times than not, I've seen, at least recently, this is, I feel like, the trend that I've been seeing. Um, it just has not been providing any ROI for people. So I always point them in the organic, you know, like we were talking about, like that whole holistic approach, because it's, you know, it's not going to, like we said, get leads tomorrow, but you're investing in a solid foundation and strategy going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Like just thinking of pouring 4k into a paid ad strategy that doesn't drive anything. That's painful. (laughs) And for months, it's been like, um, like they've been doing it for like four months before they came and talked, you know, talked to me about it. I'm like, Oh my God, that's a lot of money, you know? And then, yeah. So anyway, we, yeah, paused and things are looking better already, but yeah. Um, I was recently reading, like, um, I follow Neil Patel a lot, you know, like for SEO and stuff like that. And yeah, he was saying that like, cause you know, it seemed like it used to have to be like a certain, like you have to write 1,253 words to rank on Google. You know what I mean? Like, and now Mm -hmm. it's, uh, he made it sound like the word count is lower or like not as important. Do you, have you heard anything about that? Like, is there like a minimum say somebody after this, call is like, okay, I really, I'm going to start a blog for my business. You know, like what would like, 
like the minimum word count like threshold be or is there one still? Yeah. Um I would I wouldn't recommend really anything under 750 words. And the reason is because um it's just so competitive that you need to have enough space to answer a question thoroughly mm-hmm. along with, you know, a little bit of surrounding information. And I don't know, I, I can't, haven't really seen that done successfully under 750 words. Like you yeah. can get your intro, your conclusion, and then maybe like 300 words if with like a 500 word article. Mm-hmm. It's just not quite enough. Yeah. Um, but I've been seeing trends towards really, really long form content. Really? The bigger companies. Yeah. So is that that like cornerstone kind of content? Like where it's like a really, really long one and then you have like shorter ones kind of pointing to it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the like um, ultimate guides, um, you know, really just digging in and covering everything about a topic. Yeah. Um, I've seen more than that in uh, in the past year than really in the past eight years. Wow. And I read a stat that a lot of the um, top ranking content has over, I don't remember what it was, but multiple thousands of words, like 2,000, 3,000 words. Oh, wow. Not to disagree with Neil Patel, because I follow all of his (laughs) stuff and I have for many years, but yeah, I've been seeing long form content really kind of um, take the front seat lately. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting because it was like a 2021 content trends or whatever. And he said that people are like the word counts coming down because we're reading less, but we're staying on videos longer. You know, like how it used to be like three to five minutes was optimal. Now they're seeing like 10 to 30 minutes, which surprised Uh me, but I don't know if that has to do with like COVID, you know, more people were home, were watching more kind of, you know, trends. I don't know if that'll stay or what but yeah I was kind of surprised I was like huh I wonder what that changed to <laughs> maybe they're preferring watching the longer form video content maybe is scrolling through yeah but yeah you know and with the long form content they always want the table of contents at the beginning so you mm. can kind of because people aren't going to sit there and read 5,000 words usually right. but you know they do want to be able to scan through and find the key information that they need so yeah. And that, those aren't behind lead magnets either, right? Like those are not blocked or gated or whatever. Yeah. Not gated. That's just, awesome. Just long in-depth <laughs> content, <laughs> which, you know, I find those valuable in some cases. Like I've been um, researching like outdoor rock climbing equipment mm. because my family's getting into it. That's but awesome. I don't really know a lot about it. And so, you know, there's, uh, there's a ton to learn about, you know, what kind of equipment you need for what kind of climbing you want, you know? And so REI had this huge long guide that covers, you know, every single thing from your shoes to your harness, to your rope and everything you need. Right. For all kinds. So I, you know, read through the whole thing and that helped me make my decisions, you know? So yeah. okay. in my experience, I can see the value of that too. Just finding everything you need kind of in one place but also making sure that it's organized really well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love REI too. <laughs> Place is awesome. the best. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, so do you use any like, do you have any like go-to apps or automation or anything that you just like can't live without in your business? Um, let's see. Oh, you shared I, a few fun ones the other day. Now that I'm thinking on LinkedIn, well, Hemingway, because I'd never heard of that, um, which seemed really cool. And then like, I think Grammarly, which I installed after seeing your, um, your post. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh yeah. Those are absolutes have to haves for me. Um, I shared Copyscape, Grammarly and Hemingway app. Um, so Grammarly, I think a lot of people know about it, um, but maybe don't know exactly all the ways you can use it. Um, so I have it downloaded and I have the Chrome plugin. So no matter what I'm typing, whether it's in an email, whether it's a social post or, you know, whether I'm in WordPress or whatever, it's always looking over my shoulder and checking and will give yeah. me a red underline if I make a mistake. So that's a huge help for me. Um, you know, when you're just writing so much every day, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's easy to make typos. Um, and so, yeah, that. I think that's a must have for any type of writer. And it's helpful for business owners too, who just, you know, want to make sure that they're coming across professional. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Hemingway app, it, you have to copy your text and then paste it into it. Um, but I still like to use it a lot, especially because of the recent focus on readability of content. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've kind of seen this too, but there's just been a larger focus on making sure that your content is at a certain grade level mm -hmm. and it's not so much, um, a minimum, but a maximum, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> it's not like you need to be, you know, at a college level or higher or whatever. It's like, you need to be at an eighth grade level or lower. So basically content needs to be super easy to read. Yeah. Uh, short, punchy sentences. They don't want really complex words because people just want to go and they want to get their answer really easily. Mm -hmm. um, so Hemingway app does that readability analysis to tell you which grade level your content's at. So that's really the main thing I use it for. But yeah. um, it also tells you if you're using too many adverbs, um, which is kind of funny. People make jokes about that. <laughs> um, and then if your sentences are too long. So it can really just help you to make your writing more succinct. Um, and then Copyscape is helpful because um, it's a plagiarism checker. And I don't think, you know, most people aren't plagiarizing on purpose, right? but there's just so much content out there that um, it's easy to write things in the same way, yeah. um, especially in certain industries. So by running your content through there, you can just make sure that it's not anywhere else on the web in that way. Um, so you're not going to have any issues with duplicate content or anything like that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how much content is out there. You know, like I remember seeing a stat a few years ago and it was just like astounding. So I can't even imagine now. So it seems like it would be easy, but not on purpose, like you said, to kind of duplicate. So that's, that's a huge, huge tool. Yeah, definitely. And it's cheap. Um, I usually spend about $10 a month and each check is like, I don't know, 14 cents to oh. depending on the length of the words. So mm -hmm. it's affordable. Yeah. That's awesome. How many articles like do you write you think a week or does it vary? 
Um, well, now I do more than articles. I do kind of a mix of web copy, um, social posts. A lot of people are reaching out to me for social posts and kind of like social profile optimizations. Mm -hmm. Um, blogs and I love writing blogs. Those are kind of my favorite types. So I do still keep quite a bit of those. Mm-hmm. Um, ebooks, a lot of companies are working on books right now to kind of raise their thought leadership. Awesome. So I might do, you know, a chapter here and there. Um, so yeah, it's hard to say, <laughs> um, because copywriting takes a lot longer to write less words than an article. Oh, you I know, can see that. Yeah. It's more of a creative process than like a explaining process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I work, you know, five, I work Monday through Friday, um, usually, you know, five to seven hours each day um, doing different things. So I don't know how many I would do a week. Uh, <laughs> usually I focus on a project a day. I could yeah. do if it's a short articles, I could do one to three, three tops in a day, oh, um, wow. like 750 words. But if it's like a, you know, 2000 to 4,000 word piece, that's going to be only one in a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that's sometimes awesome. you get to the flow where you just, you're going and it, it's faster than doing like a couple of different topics because you're just in the zone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just depends. That's awesome. I love writing, but it does, it takes me a while. Like, I don't know. It takes me a while to actually get started. And then once I get started, I really like it, but oh, there's just some sort of like block Definitely. to get started. <laughs> there, there is that like, um, deer in the headlights, just kind of like, yes. <laughs> at the beginning. and I've been doing it for eight years. It doesn't go away. It's just kind of like, okay, where do I start? But I've kind of, Sorry. I was gonna say that's good to know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But for me, the easiest way to kind of get going is you don't start with the introduction. (laughs) I feel like there's just way too much pressure on the intro. Like, how am I going to hook the reader? How am I going to get them in? Right. And you don't really know the whole story until you're done writing. So I usually do the intro last. Interesting then I know what I'm selling basically, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a great tip. I never even thought of that. Yeah. That's just kind of evolved over time. But um, I usually just go to like a question within the article that I know that I can start explaining, mm-hmm. you know, like I do a lot of work in personal finance. So maybe it's like, what's the difference between um, a loan and a line of credit? I'm like, okay, I know that, you know, so mm-hmm. I'll start going. Um, And then you just keep going from there until the body is largely built. So I find that's like an easier entry point to get work on the paper. And then even if it's like, I just don't feel in the zone, I'm just like, oh, this isn't sounding right. I always just tell myself, just go, just write it, get something on the paper because it's so much easier to edit and work when something's there Mm -hmm. than to just have that mounting pressure that you need to write all of this stuff. (laughs) Right. And the weird thing is you, most of the time, there's really not that much editing to do. It's just like in your head. Yeah. <laughs> like most things, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Do you have any tips for like people that like for their website copy? Like, are there like, 
like one number one tip or like mistakes you see people make with their website copy? Um, yeah, I would say kind of overcomplicating it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being too wordy, I think with web copy, it's just the main focus is just to keep it simple. You need to get your messaging down to the very core elements of, you know, what's important to your buyer and what they need to know. And it just needs to be, you know, really simplified. And spending, you know, the biggest thing is kind of the first headline, like your main tagline, like what is that going to be that's really going to resonate with your audience and make them keep reading? And then from there, just saying, don't talk about, you know, SSS, you need to talk about what, what you're doing means to your audience, what they care about most. So a lot of times that can be found out by talking with customers, by reading reviews, um, even reading your competitors reviews. Mm -hmm. We recently did a website for a moving company for people who are moving from California to Idaho. And um, like we were talking about earlier, we recently made the move. And so we had to hire, you know, look into solutions to move our stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just this insane market right now where U-Haul and Penske and all these companies are just overwhelmed because so many people are moving. Yes, And so they're overcharging people like crazy. People aren't getting their stuff for months. Um, it's just horrible. Yeah. There's all these groups of people that are like, you know, we're buying trucks, getting there and then selling it. We're selling all our stuff because it's just too much trouble to, they don't want to spend 10 to 15 grand to move it. (laughs) They're like, we'll just sell it and rebuy, even though that's not what they want to do. Right. Um, So we're just discovering all these people in this, these like really bad situations. And so just being able to kind of craft all of that and solve those problems in the copy, you know, was... Mm -hmm. It, it makes it easier because you know exactly what to say. So yeah, I would say it's just important to perform that research to really understand the audience and yeah. what they're looking for and then just keep it simple. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's so true. You know, like we get excited to like, you know, start and share our business that we're like, we do this, we do this in the effort to like, say like, Hey, we can help you, but it doesn't come across as that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that's, that's natural. You yeah. Know? And so that kind of, taking that extra step is, can kind of set you apart. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So now for my favorite question of the show, (laughs) what is your favorite way to market your business? I feel like I know the answer to this one, but I'll let you answer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy, um, you know, building the brand and kind of sharing what I'm doing online in multiple places. Um, So, you know, just talking about what I do, sharing kind of the day-to-day of -hmm. what's going on and what I'm learning and, you know, um, how I can help different companies. So just kind of creating that presence across multiple platforms um, has been really helpful for me. Yeah. Um, Oh, I love that. And, you know, over the years, I... I really made an effort to try to make what I do visible online. Um, It just makes the whole 
sales process easier mm-hmm. <laughs> because like I said, I was in sales before I switched over in, into online marketing, um, retail sales for T-Mobile in person oh. where you're just going up and you're, um, you know, selling to customers every day. And then I switched to B2B where you're calling lists of people and doing cold pitches. Um, so I know the hustle, be anxious, just thinking of that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a fight, you know, and it's a hustle and you get a lot of rejection and a lot of no's. And so, um, I like to avoid that when possible. I understand that that is often a part of it when you're first starting to kind of get your name out there. Yeah. Um, But by showing people what you do and by making sure that your work is online in a lot of places, um, building social proof by people that you've worked with. Um, and then just, yeah, talking about it, presenting yourself online and kind of what you do on an ongoing basis, all of those things can help to drive inbound, um, to the point where you don't even have to do outbound, which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's important for any business, especially now is to build your brand. And if you're a company, um, like an official business, not a personal, like my old freelancing business was just me. And now I have Performex Media also that I'm building as an agency. Um, So I think it's important to build your business's brand and then also your personal brand. Definitely. Yeah. I I see a lot of people doing just one or the other, but it's just so much more effective to do, to do both, you know? Yeah. It helps people to know the people behind the business. Yes. And we're all, you know, we're all nosy. We all want to know who, you know, who we're going to be working with and what they're doing and what they're like, you know, so it's just advantageous to build that at the same time. Exactly. I'm not sure where else you are on social media. We're connected on LinkedIn, but you share so many amazing and helpful tips. Like everybody, you've got to connect with Jessica, whether it's at LinkedIn, oh. where else are you? <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I put a lot of effort into trying yeah. to share stuff that's not just everywhere, but that's yeah. kind of unique. Um, but I also am on Instagram. Awesome. So I post there every day, every weekday. Um, I do LinkedIn every weekday. And then I've kind of started to play around on TikTok, but <laughs> I'm still <laughs> figuring it out. It's a totally different medium, but the reach is crazy. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm still trying to kind of figure that out. Are you on TikTok? I mean, I have a profile, but I have not done anything like at all. But yeah, I've seen like the reach and I'm just like, man, that's why I started it. Cause somebody was sharing, you know, like their reels reach versus their TikTok reach. And I was like, man, that is huge. And she was a marketing girl. I'm like, okay, I can do that. But I right. haven't done anything. <laughs> Yeah. It's just kind of finding what you want to do. I don't really want to dance and sing, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause I am awful. Like I can play any ball sport, but I mean, if you try to tell me to like dance in a rhythm, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to work for me. So no. um, that's yeah, awesome. I love LinkedIn. That's probably my favorite. And then Instagram has been, has been good too. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, like I've been on LinkedIn for years, but I haven't really like done a lot with it until like the last year, which I haven't even really done a ton either, but even just getting it back on the radar and like, you know, I still feel too, like people have that, you know, idea in their head that it's like, oh, I just stick my resume there. And it's like this cold, not fun place to be. And I'm like, no, it really has come a long way. You know, like they've done a lot of updates. It's not the, like the old LinkedIn, like it originally was, you know, so it's kind of like that same thing, like breaking down that myth of like, no, you need to be there. And people are hanging out and helping each other and networking. Like it's awesome. Yeah. 
Definitely. There's a engaged community there. Yes. That I think has definitely grown, especially, you know, probably with, you know, COVID and lockdown and you can't network in person. Right. Drove a lot of people there. Yeah, I agree. Well, awesome. We're to your favorites. So what's your favorite book? Um, my favorite book. I recently read um, Hey Whipple Squeeze This, and it's a copywriting book. Um, it was actually recommended to me by one of my LinkedIn connections, Dan Nelkin. Um, and I really enjoyed that. It was kind of uh, a look back at the old school way of copywriting through um, adver- traditional advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot to learn from there, the fundamentals that still translate today. Um, so yeah, business-wise, I would say that's one of my recent favorites. Yeah. What is it called again? It's called Hey Whipple, Squeeze This. That's a cute name. <laughs> there's a story behind it. You'll learn it in the first. Okay. I think it's the first chapter. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Um, what's your favorite drink? Um, my favorite drink? Uh, can be anything. Well, I've gotten water, coffee, red wine, all over the place. <laughs> hmm. Well, I love lemonade. So that's kind of my go-to <laughs> drink. I drink coffee too and chai tea. Um, and alcohol wise, I would say margarita. Mm-hmm. Those are good. I love those. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Mexico, so that was the go-to tacos and margaritas. Uh, but life doesn't get much better than that, honestly. <laughs> I can't complain. It was it was a good time. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Um, I really, I'm a really active person, um, so I actually find that you know doing athletic things. <laughs> helps me to relax. It gets out any kind of nervous energy or, um, helps me kind of think through any problems that I'm going through. Um, so I used to like to surf. I'm not by the ocean anymore. I've been getting into rock climbing, like I was saying earlier. Um, but a good, you know, jog or run can do the trick too. Yes. Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah. I was running, like just releases things like creativity and just like stress. Yeah. I get lots of ideas while I'm running. Yes. Yeah. Same. Um, and you guys have so many trails and stuff over there. That's awesome. That was like one of the big draws of why we were looking over there. Um, because there's just such an awesome trail system. Yeah. Lots of hiking. Yeah. We're loving it so far. That's awesome. I'm happy. Um, what's your favorite thing to watch? Favorite thing to watch. I like documentaries, <laughs> so especially like learning about um, people's lives, just kind of, you know, what they went through. And you'll always find me checking out the most recent release one on Netflix. My husband's always like, really? Another one? <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I like to hear people's stories. Yes. Yeah. I I do too. I have not watched the Michael Jordan one. Have you watched that? I've heard like that's been recommended on the podcast a few times. Oh no. Is it on Netflix? I don't know if it's on, it's either Netflix or Hulu. Like I think it came out last year, like, um, but I've heard amazing things about the documentary on him. 
No, yeah. I haven't watched that one. Okay. I watched the Steve Jobs Jobs one. That was pretty interesting. Ooh, I bet that would be really interesting. Yeah. And even the Dolly Parton one. <laughs> like I never really knew much about her, but I got pulled into that one like a month ago. And she was so smart about her personal brand, like the way she presented herself mm-hmm. was totally strategic from day one. So it was kind of interesting to hear that story. I didn't expect to get kind of a marketing lesson out of that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. She's times like she's timeless. You know, she's been around forever and now it makes sense. She was very strategic about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, oh, and this is going to be a fun one. Cause I feel like you've been a ton of places. Where is your favorite place to go? <laughs> That's actually a hard one. People <laughs> ask me, they're like, so what's your favorite country that you went to? And it's just like, I don't know, because all of them, you know, have really unique characteristics that I just love. But yeah. How many have you um, been to? I think it's 13. Oh, wow. 13 countries and 20 cities that we lived in over seven years. I That's just awesome. did that. Counted them the other day. Um, but I have to say the one that really kind of pulls me back and that I'd like to get a, a home in someday is Costa Rica. Mm. Um, I just loved the Pacific coast. We were in Tamarindo, which is a surf kind of beach town. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just so lush and exotic feeling. There's monkeys around, there's iguanas, (laughs) there's, you know, it's warm all year round and palm trees it's just like the dream yeah <laughs> so um yeah someday I'd like to go back there I think that's probably one of my favorite places yeah that sounds amazing and all the pictures I've seen it looks ridiculously awesome my husband's been there a few times and he always talks about going back I've never been but it seems like a magical place and the people he said the people are just amazing too yeah very very friendly mm-hmm. it's like you're part of the family oh that's fantastic <laughs> Awesome. So where can everybody find you online so they can connect with you further? Like social media, website, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn uh, or Instagram. You can follow me. Um, both are under my name, Jessica Walrack. Um, and then also I, our agency does have our website up. It's performexmedia.com. Um, so you can go through there if you wanted to talk to me about a content project or a larger project. Awesome. Um, we have all our information there. Awesome. So that you guys have officially like you're, you are, I I didn't know if you guys were like totally doing it yet or if it was still like in development, but people could contact you there. That's awesome. They can. Yeah. I haven't started the big marketing push Mm -hmm. um, to launch the business officially. Um, But yeah, our website, we had just been doing the final touches on um, and we do have clients that we're working with. So it's kind of a soft launch as of now, I would say. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll put the link in the podcast notes. Oh, cool. Yay. Well, I'm so glad we were able to connect and like that we've stayed connected over the years. Like this has been such a fun conversation. Yeah. I always loved working with you. And so it's cool to see you on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you inviting me to come on and chat about all the stuff that, you know, we're both part of doing every day. (laughs) (laughs) And the bubbly is a nice touch, I must say. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, and yeah, and thanks for sharing all of your knowledge, um, with the listeners, because I know sometimes I feel like content can be confusing for business owners. So I feel like, I don't know, you were able to put it in such a, a, a simple way to, to digest. So it doesn't seem as overwhelming. So thank oh. you for that. Well, that's good. I'm glad it came across that way. 
yeah which they still you know if they need help they can they'll they'll have your link <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like at least now there's an understanding because you know like how you were saying I don't I don't think people understand the strategy behind it so it just seems confusing but I feel like you broke yeah. it down perfectly so definitely I think it's definitely uh, misunderstood in a lot of ways which yes. I'm sure you went into too <laughs> yeah totally oh awesome well yeah thank you so much again yeah it was my pleasure really Awesome. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, join us in the Bubbles and Biz community. We have weekly accountability and open office hour and rotating events like group coaching from me, networking, expert guests, and more. Join us to connect, collaborate, and celebrate. Learn more at bubblesandbiz.co.